All right, welcome to Political, Political as Heck, a podcast where we discuss Utah politics and policy. I'm Corey Assel, joined by Utah State Senator Todd Weiler. What's going on, Todd? Hey, Corey. Doing well. Fantastic. All right, we got a couple of things this week. First, Senator Mitt Romney said on Friday that he would vote for a Democrat in the 2024 presidential race over former President Trump. Says Romney, I'd be happy to support virtually any one of the Republicans, maybe not Vivek Ramaswamy, but the others that are running would be acceptable to me and I'd be happy to vote for them. He continued, I'd be happy to vote for a number of Democrats too. I mean, it would be an upgrade in my opinion from Donald Trump and perhaps also from Joe Biden. So he went on to explain that he wouldn't actually vote for Joe Biden. He's just open to voting for other Democratic candidates besides Biden. And there's a lot of bad ones out there, Todd. So if the election choices uh, are Trump and Biden, Romney has said that he'll write in his wife's name. So, Todd, how should, uh, I mean, he's on his way out, and this is sort of his last will and testament. How should Utah Republicans take this? Well, I, I so I, I'm going to react to this a little bit differently than you are, I think, Corey. So first of all, Romney has never made it a secret that he didn't like Donald Trump. Um, and I, you'll remember four years ago, way too late in the campaign, he gave the speech basically saying that uh, Trump was corrupt and unethical and the, the party shouldn't rally behind him. And it's only gotten worse from there. So I, I really think Romney is saying what a lot of Americans are saying, what a lot of Republicans are saying, really, are these our two choices, uh, Trump and Biden? I mean, we can't do better than this. And and I know I know how he said it. I'm not going to defend the way he said it. But I really think when you cut into it, he's saying what a lot of Americans are saying. Can't we get different candidates than what we had in 2020? And so. Well, I have been on, on record saying that I think there are better Republican candidates as well. Yeah. And I would prefer them and I would prefer someone who could serve for eight years. And it's we're not breaking news to say that uh, Mitt Romney doesn't like Donald Trump. I, yeah. uh, I think we kind of knew that already. Uh, but this is a this is another bridge to say that he would vote for another Democrat. I mean, who are we talking about? Gretchen Whitmer? She was terrible. She locked down everybody during COVID, wouldn't let him play yeah. football. Are we talking about Gavin Newsom? You know, he's the worst, one of the worst all time in, in the history of America. So there's a lot of really bad Democratic candidates that are that would be the the next option. And it's and so I don't know. I mean, I understand he doesn't like Trump, but he doesn't have to go that far. This, and, you know, I, I think that I think there's a lot of rhetoric in here. But what I heard was, I'm not going to vote for Joe Biden again. And I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump. That's what I really heard him say. So I think that there's a there is another option. He could vote for his wife or he could vote for another politician. I mean, um, I, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable to write in a candidate. And, and I guess for all Republicans, you know, if you don't like Trump enough, like, don't vote for Biden, please. Yeah. Just yeah. write in somebody that you do like, you know, if you yeah. want, you know, uh, I don't know, whoever it might be, the speaker, the current speaker, uh, you know. What's his uh, name, Mike? Mike, Mike Johnson. Yeah. Mike Johnson. Hey, so, and just, just so everyone knows, you can write in any name you want, but if in Utah, if you vote for, if you write in a name who is not registered as a write-in, then that vote is not counted. Your ballot's not invalidated. Your other votes would count. But if you write in Donald Duck, they're not going to actually count that for Donald Duck. If you write in Ann Romney, they're not going to count that vote. So, so, so that's worth noting. Yeah. Uh, 
but I mean, if they did count it, do you think Donald Duck's going to win? <laughs> I mean, no. it's, either way, it's like but you won't it. see on a you won't see on the certified vote. You won't see Donald Duck three votes. Oh, they, I see. Yeah, you know, is that yeah? At the, yeah. In the final yeah. tabulations, we won't have eight thousand right different write-ins or whatever. We don't have Ann Romney. You're not going to see Ann Romney unless she unless she registers as a write-in. <laughs> then you would. Uh, I mean, I think this is. I, I still think this is kind of frustrating, though, to be honest, because um, I understand that he doesn't like Trump, but what you heard was he doesn't want to vote for Biden or Romney, or sorry, Biden or or Trump, and and I understand that. I, I you know I share some of those frustrations, but um, I think what a lot of others maybe heard, and I, and I hear this is like it's like a big goodbye. And I don't want to say give the finger because he's such a good member of the church and so forth. But uh, like he, he's, uh, he's changing his legacy. You know, he's, this is his new legacy is like, I, I don't want to have anything to do with you. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Well, and let me just say this for, I'm not accusing you of this, but some liberals have what we call Trump derangement syndrome. And every time Trump says something, they kind of go ballistic some Republicans have Romney derangement syndrome, <laughs> and I don't have either one. I, I can see some good in Trump, and I can see some good in Romney. And I, I don't get too, I mean, Trump is the master of hyperbole. I'm not sure that this wasn't a little bit of hyperbole from, from Romney, but I guess we don't know. That and quite frankly, who, it doesn't matter who he votes for. Utah's electoral votes are going to go to the Republican nominee, whether that's Donald Trump or somebody else. I think that's safe to say. And I think we, I think that was proven with uh, Evan McMullen back in 2020. So 2016, sorry. 2016. Yeah. Robert F. Kennedy made a visit here in Utah this past week. So he originally was running against, president biden and for the democratic ticket but now he's shifted and running an independent race and so he visited utah trying to run sort of a middle way campaign and i wasn't there and you know i only got the reports and so forth there's one thing that i want to say for the and you know apparently a decent number of people showed up and more than that i have more people than i would have suspected talking to me about how great RFK is and, and how they're thinking about, you know, like they wish he, he was Republican, they'd vote for him, or, you know, maybe he's a possibility for them to vote. I, I For those conservatives out there, or even, even moderate right-leaning, Kennedy was pretty good when it came to COVID, although some of the stuff is, I mean, let's, let's agree that it's a little bit strange to say that the COVID was a bioweapon targeted to white and black people but not ashkenazi jews that's weird yeah right and you know obviously i'm not on board with that but he you know he 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 was able to identify covid being not as big of a deal and certainly was against the shutdowns and i i appreciated all that uh and and, you know he was against uh, the invasion of the iraq war so i mean he's been right a few times but i just want to put out there he supports the green new deal explicitly he said so he's pro-abortion He wants free childcare provided by the federal government. He wants a guaranteed income provided by the federal government. He wants guaranteed housing prices guaranteed by the federal government. You know, he wants in, uh, I mean, he spent his career on climate change stuff. He's an enviro, you know, he wants a wealth tax. He wants climate tax, green new deal, the whole thing. Like just because this guy was right on a couple of things and he's been, you know, maybe on Fox news a lot. I don't know that you should be giving him much time. 
<laughs> what do you think, Tom? Well, I, I think I think where he's he's really getting the uh, I think he's really appealing to some libertarians because he's anti-vax and you know, and being pro-vax or anti-vax or neutral on vax, that's a really discussion for another day. But this guy, he is the son of RFK. He's RFK Jr., of course, we're talking about. His uncle was, you know, one of the most um, popular presidents in our country. He's from the American dynasty family of the Kennedys. And he is um, still, um, you know, allowed himself to be labeled as a complete wacko you know <laughs> and i mean he's had several cousins serve in in the house in congress and in other positions and um uh so first of all i think he is a little bit wacky um i i like him i mean i like watching him he's got this weird scratchy voice he, he should get tim bridgewater to be his um <laughs> his, i like tim bridgewater too but tim's got this kind of scratchy voice that um people don't know what to make of him but um, the only reason he was getting much traction from Republicans originally was because he was um, he was polling relatively well against um, um, Biden. I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm glad he's coming to Utah. I hope we get more candidates coming to Utah. You didn't mention this, but I'm glad that the uh, presidential debates are coming back to Utah next year. We yeah. had the vice presidential mm -hmm. debates. Now we're going to have the president, the last, the third, uh, and likely the most important presidential debate. We'll be here in Utah in October, and that's a big deal. And we're and we're going to get the Olympics too. So Utah is very much back on the map, still on the map. Um, but the thing that I want to say about RFK, it is shameful. It is absolutely reprehensible the way the Democratic Party treated him. Um, we don't have coronations in this country. Um, Trump kind of wants the RNC to coronate him as the nominee this time, and. The RNC's refused to do that, and and good for Ronnie McDonald, uh, whatever McDaniel's and uh, she's Mitt's uh, niece, but we're not supposed to say that anymore. Um, but you know, but Trump is, and I'll say it out loud: Trump is, you know, barring a a miracle or a catastrophe, Trump is going to be the Republican nominee. Um, but we're supposed to have the debates; we're supposed to go through the process, and the Democrats refuse to do that now. Had they had they scheduled some debates between RFK Jr. and President Biden, President Biden would still be the nominee. But the way they treated him is shameful. So I don't I don't fault him for running as an independent. But there is a chance I don't I can't do the calculus. There is a chance that his candidacy now as an independent will actually hurt Republicans more than it hurts Democrats. I don't know how that's going to fall out, but I don't hear a lot of Democrats um, gunning for RFK. I think if uh, Biden bows out, you're going to see Gavin Newsom, maybe Kamala Harris. I mean, Kamala seems less popular than Biden right now, but I, I, I don't think they're going to rally around RFK. If 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 Biden were to have a stroke or an aneurysm tomorrow, and I'm not asking for that or a plane crash, or if he just announced, you know what, I changed my mind, I'm not running for president. I think you'd see the the party rally around Gavin Newsom or someone like him. Uh, I don't think it would be RFK. I don't think he has a shot at that. I think he's he's uh, burned his bridges in the Democratic Party. Yeah, I think that's right. And just to pick up on something he said, um, Kamala Harris is polling worse against Trump than than Biden. I mean, she'd get crushed. Yeah, but it's also worth. And so by uh, uh, yeah, so in Trump right now, if the election were held held today, I mean, the polls show that he would win. And I think that he has, you know, a 50-50 chance probably of winning. Those same polls, if they if you put up a generic Republican against Biden, 
is just crushes him. So, so we don't Haley beats him. Ron DeSantis beats him. I think even Chris Christie beats him. Um, And if I think, I believe this Corey, if the election were tomorrow, I think Donald Trump would beat Joe Biden, but the election is not tomorrow. And if Trump gets convicted of a whole bunch of felonies between now and next uh, November, and if he's sentenced to jail time, I, I mean, maybe that makes him more popular. I don't know, but that's that's going to really put the country in an interesting scenario. Mm-hmm. Because a lot, and we've mentioned this before, but it's, it's worth saying again, some of these charges, like the state charges in Georgia, Trump could not pardon himself, himself for. Um, he can pardon himself from federal crimes, but not from state crimes. Uh, that's not a power the president of the United States has. Yep. So I, I don't know what, I, I mean, I think we're headed to some type of, constitutional crisis, but I don't know exactly how that's going to play out. A new study by the Kim Gardner Institute projects that the number of school-aged children in Utah will drop by nearly 40,000 by 2032. This is something you've mentioned before. Uh, the number of school-aged children is projected to decrease in the next couple years, starting in the next couple of years, and then continue in decline until around 2036 when the number actually begins to climb back and will continue to grow after that, but will make up a, a lower percentage of the population. But as the Salt Lake Tribune reports, and I want to give kudos where it's, where it's due, um, they did a good, good job on this. The decrease will not happen uniformly across the state. So you'd have Cache County, Utah County, Wasatch County, Washington County. They're expected to grow by 30% over that same time period uh, and, and to, to 2060. And Davis will also have a, a, a big increase. Salt Lake County is the biggest loser. That's not a huge surprise. But also many rural counties will are expected to lose students. So, um, Todd, what do you think this means for the state? Well, it's going to be interesting to see because um, when I joined the legislature, we were adding about 13,000 more K-12 through students every single calendar year. And educators love to come up to the Capitol and thump their chests and say, you're not fully funding growth, um, which I think was only true during the like the 2007-2008 recession. Um, but now, now that the growth is declining, these same uh, groups are coming and saying, well, you need to still fully fund increases and just disregard the, you know, what, what's the opposite of growth, the um, retraction. And so, I mean, there's a little bit of um, political hypocrisy going on here because when growth was on their side, they're saying you need to give us raises and and fund the growth with the current, um, you know, we, we, you know, we have this um, unique funding education uh formula that we use in utah but in any event um so so there there might be an opportunity for uh us to either increase the per pupil funding with with the small if we keep the if we keep on increasing and the and the population goes down then it's pure division so it'll be interesting but maybe there's some wiggle room for future legislatures as well um but all of this is i mean we're having a tremendous amount of in, in migration but Corey, your your the generation of your kids and my kids um, are not having as many children as as we did. Our, I mean, we collectively. I'm older than you, and and you and our you and my generation did not have as many children as our parents' generation did, and that's what this is showing. That's what this yeah. is showing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, the, 
you go to the car dealership and the salesman is going to, regardless of what the economic situation is, it's always the a right time to, to buy a new car. Right. And it's yeah, always the right time yeah. to increase funding. But um, I think, if, you know, if we assume the same level of funding, obviously it would mean more spending per pupil. Yes. For me, it would be interesting to see if it would make any difference in outcomes. And I think experience around the country would indicate that it probably isn't going to make, I mean, I lived in DC for years and um, per, per, per student spending was much higher than yeah. like double what Utah spends. There's not a direct correlation. I mean, you can, you can look at states that do really well with education like Massachusetts and they spend more money than Utah. Every state except for Idaho spends more money uh, for Utah, but Utah does, you know, we get a pretty good bang for our buck. Um, People that think if you just wave a magic wand and give billions of dollars more to public education, that that the test scores and everything's going to automatically increase. I don't believe that. And and one of the reasons why Utah continues to do well, even though we have larger classroom sizes and our per pupil funding remains low, is because the number one factor in the world for good student outcomes is two, two parents in the home. And that's not a Utah study. That's not a U.S. study. That every study in the world that's looked at the factors concludes that that's the number one. Um, that's one number one predictor. Yeah. Is two parent two parent families. Yeah. Uh, so one final note on that. So eight uh, back in 2015, Kim Gardner did a similar study, and they projected that that student ch- children population would steadily increase over those years. So obviously, this new this is these are projections that have changed so again their projections we we don't know for sure exactly what's going to happen we could have massive in migration which we kind of have and and maybe that could change it um they project that utah's population is going to reach five and a half million by 2060 and that's almost a 60 percent increase so there certainly will be more kids um more people you know in utah even if um there's a dip for a time you know my mother-in-law and my mother my own mother they're both passed uh away now but they were both married by 19. My wife and I got married at 24. And I felt like all of my friends were married before I was at 24. I think my wife felt similarly. Today's kids are not getting married as young as, you know, it, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, obviously there's, you know, there's that biological clock. We all know this. And so if you get married at 18, you've got a good, you know, 22 years, 24 years, you know, to have children safely. If you get married at 30, you know, you've just cut that in half or more. And so I think, you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I do think as, as people wait longer to get married and then they're, you know, they're, they're more focused on, you know, two career homes, you know, uh, you know, to, you know, all of my married sons have, you know, their wives all have college degrees and, and two of my three daughter-in-laws are, you know, either have or, or will have next year master's degrees, which I think is wonderful. You know, but my son said to to me the other day, he said, well, you know, my, you know, my wife is going to spend six years in school getting her master's degree. And, and obviously she's, she's going to want to work, you know, uh, pursuing that degree, you know, pursuing that career a little bit before we start having kids, which I totally understand. I'm not criticizing that, but I, I'm just saying as, you know, being Mormon myself, that, 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 that is a little different mindset than my generation yeah. and my parents' generation. That's Yeah, awesome. absolutely. This past week, Celeste Malloy was sworn in to Congress for the 2nd Congressional District in Utah. 
and she's a, she's a congresswoman and the for a uh, for one bright shining moment the uh republican caucus was at full force but then obviously they turned around and expelled george santos we can talk about that another time but to be honest i hope we never talk about that guy again i just don't care but I don't think he should have been expelled, but I think he's a doofus. But anyway, I, I tweeted this morning that I will not miss George Santos, but Saturday Night Live will. Uh, <laughs> and, and I do think he should have been expelled. And I think that they waited for Celeste. They actually swore her in early. Her vote has not been canvassed and certified yet. So uh, this is a little bit unprecedented. To I mean, they they basically uh, jumped the gun and and, and swore her in about two weeks early, which I'm fine with. I don't think it's unconstitutional. But it's nor you know that the in the past that they wait until an election yeah. is canvassed and certified, and and this didn't happen here. So I think they swore her in early so that they could expel him. All four of our Utah House members um, uh, voted to expel him, and I know he has not been convicted of anything. But Congress has their own ethics committee, and they released a very detailed report. And I think based on that report, I think the expulsion was appropriate. I wish it would have happened months ago. I think he's an embarrassment to himself and to our party, the Republican Party. And I say good riddance, uh, George Santos. So none of that do I disagree with. I think that all is great. I, I just have real misgivings about Congress making that decision rather than the people. And so, uh, you know, had he done something extremely heinous, then I could understand. But he's doing petty stuff that's, yeah, he is an embarrassment. I mean, I think he's a complete doofus. Um, I wish we would never talk about him again. Uh, I wish he would disappear. The best thing would have been for him to resign, but he wouldn't. So I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah. You know, there were over almost 150 Republicans that didn't vote for expulsion. And, you know, I don't think that that necessarily means that they think he's a grand dude. You know, I think you know, maybe they have some of the same misgivings that I do about, about that. And even if it was a Democrat, like I know the next thing would be to expel Ilhan Omar. And I think she's a just complete disgrace, but I don't think she should be. Uh, well, and you have the democratic Senator is that Menendez. Exactly. So we have Menendez who is an actual real criminal you know, who's hanging out and, uh, and Santos does this petty idiotic stuff. I, I don't know. Whatever. Well, but not... Santos is, is, is stealing, campaign funds. And I say stealing, I say that deliberately because he's using campaign funds on personal expenditures, which is stealing. And, and that is theft. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a form of embezzlement. I, so I, I'm going to push back a little bit and say, I, I I'm going to say Menendez is more of a criminal than, than Santos, but I, I'm going to say Santos, in my opinion, is also a criminal. I do expect, um, I'll be shocked if he's not convicted and I'll be shocked if he doesn't serve some jail time. But yeah, you're fair right. enough. Fair enough. That's perfectly fair, and I think he should be prosecuted. Absolutely, I, I don't. Uh, you know, I'm. Uh, I think he should be prosecuted for what he's doing. No, no doubt about that. But and, so and I'm going to go one step further. You know, I think Amer- as Americans, we expect and we'll tolerate a certain amount of puffing from a candidate. You know, maybe they exaggerate. I mean, and certainly Biden has been guilty of this in some of his prior political campaigns. But there's a difference between exaggerating your experience, exaggerating your record. George Santos just clearly made up an identity that didn't exist. He said he was Jewish. He's not Jewish. I mean, he said he went to schools that he never attended. Uh, that's not puffing. 
Uh, I mean, that's not used car salesman type of puffing, uh, which, you know, the courts will even say is allowed in business transactions. He, he is a, a liar. He was elected for office based on blatant lies that he told to his constituents. And I have just zero respect for that. Well, all, all true. And of course, who, who, who's thinking he's Jewish when his name is Santos? Anyway, whatever. But, but uh, like, who gets to decide where the line is drawn? I mean, for me, that's he crossed the line by a hundred miles. But, but I think his Republican colleagues got to decide that. Well, I, I think that the, totally the voters control. in his <laughs> district get to decide. That's what I think. Yeah, politicians say things. You know, they 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 exaggerate and some lie. And he obviously yeah. is a big fat liar, and he should be called to the carpet. But should he be he expelled? Uh, I'm not. I'm Only not the absolutely... third one since uh, the Civil War. I mean, that's how rare this is. And you know, yeah. I'm not saying it should become more frequent, but I will, I'll go on record right now. I'm fine with expelling Ilian Omar, and I'm fine with expelling Bob Menino. Wow. wow. Yeah, you'd go farther than me, that's for sure. All right. I think that's as uh, much time as we have, Todd. That was fun. Yes. We'll All see right. you next week. Merry see Christmas. See you next week. Thanks Happy so holidays. Okay. Bye now. Thanks, Corey. Bye-bye.